Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including William Yateman, He's going to be a special guest. He's the senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Kevin Freedom uh, Freeman has written a book uh, called uh, Pirate Money. And I look forward to find out about that and about the uh, central bank digital currency that is posing a threat to our freedoms. We'll also visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It is November the 17th, and on this day in 1558, Queen Mary I, the monarch of England and Ireland since 1553, died and was succeeded by her 25-year-old half-sister Elizabeth, the two half-sisters, both daughters of King Henry VIII, had a stormy relationship during Mary's five-year reign. Mary, who was brought up as a Catholic, enacted pro-Catholic legislation and made efforts to restore the Pope to supremacy in England. A Protestant rebellion ensued, and Queen Mary imprisoned Elizabeth, a Protestant, in the town of London, Tower of London, on suspicion of complicity. After Mary's death, Elizabeth survived several Catholic plots against her, though her ascension was greeted with approval by most England's lords who were largely Protestant and hoped for a greater religious tolerance under a Protestant queen. Under the early guidance of Secretary of State Sir William Cecil, Elizabeth repealed Mary's pro-Catholic legislation, established a permanent Protestant Church of England, and encouraged the Calvinist reformers in Scotland. In foreign affairs, Elizabeth practiced a policy of strengthening England's Protestant allies and dividing her foes. Elizabeth was opposed by the Pope, who refused to recognize her legitimacy, and by Spain, a Catholic nation that was at the height of its power. In 1588, English-Spanish rivalry led to an abortive Spanish invasion of England, in which the Spanish Armada, the greatest naval force in the world at the time, was destroyed by storms and uh, a determined English navy. With increasing English domination at sea, Elizabeth encouraged voyagers from, uh, of discovery, such as Sir Francis Drake's circumnavigation of the world and Sir Walter Raleigh's expeditions to North American coast. The long reign of Elizabeth, who became known as the Virgin Queen for her reluctance to endanger her authority through marriage, coincided with the flowering of English Renaissance associated with such renowned authors as William Shakespeare. By her death in 1603, England had become a major world power in every respect, and Queen Elizabeth I passed into history as one of England's greatest monarchs. Uh, Elizabeth, the daughter of Henry VIII, <clears throat> made a tremendous impact on England and its history. Well, stocks were mixed on Thursday as the Nasdaq and S&P 500 ticked up, but the Dow fell, snapping a four-day win streak powered by positive news on inflation. Oil prices dropped to a four-month low over worries about global demand. So uh, kind of in a holding pattern right now, although futures are up as I'm speaking. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken appeared to wince 
and shake his head when President Biden referred to China's President Xi Jinping as a dictator on Wednesday, potentially upending months of tireless diplomacy to rebuild relations between the two countries. Uh, Blinken physically recoiled and appeared to shake his head and fidget with his hands when Biden said, Xi is a dictator in the sense that he's the guy who runs the country that is a community country based on a form of government different than ours as a solo press conference. The indelicate remark came shortly after Biden met with Xi for four hours in San Francisco ahead of the uh, Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Conference, the APEC, uh, marking the two leaders' first in-person sit-down in a year. So, of course, they're doing everything they can to rectify the situation <laughs> after Biden <laughs> called him a dictator. Just unbelievable. Guy is so incompetent. House Speaker Mike Johnson said the impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden has advanced to a stage in which witnesses should be placed under oath. The Speaker released a statement on Wednesday that said he had just received an update from Oversight Chairman James Comer, who is leading the endeavor, and the two others tasked with assisting him, uh, Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman Jim Jordan and Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith. At this stage, our impeachment inquiry has already shown the corrupt conduct of the president's family, and he and the White House officials have repeatedly lied about knowledge and involvement in the family's business activities, Johnson said. It's also exposed the tens of millions of dollars from foreign adversaries being paid to shell companies controlled by the president's son, brother, and their business associates, he added. Now the appropriate step is to place key witnesses under oath and question them under the penalty of perjury to fill the gaps in the record. So we're moving forward. It's about time. And Representative George Santos said he would not seek re-election in 2024. Why? Well, an announcement came the same day the House Ethics Committee released a report accusing Santos of campaign fraud, misuse of campaign funds, and other federal crimes. The committee referred to its evidence to the Justice Department for potential prosecution. Be interesting to see if they do anything. But of course, they're very busy prosecuting uh, people singing hymns in front of the uh, Planned Parenthood and uh, going after people who attend school meetings. But that said, let's see what they'll do about Santos. The Santos saga started after he flipped New York's newly configured third di congressional district during the 2022 midterms. A few weeks after the electoral win, reports surfaced alleging Santos extensively fabricated his resume from his educational background to his Jewish ancestry. And since then, DeSantis has been charged with 23 federal crimes, from wire fraud to identity theft. DeSantis has denied the charges to, to date. Uh, he's, there's, he's caught red-handed. Ethics Chairman uh, Representative Michael Guest said he'd moved to expel Santos ahead of the 2024 election. <clears throat> Let's see if justice will be served. As is not the case, of course, that we've seen so many cases where we have a dual system of justice, a gag order that barred Donald Trump from com commenting on personal court personnel in the New York civil fraud case and trial after he uh, maligned a key staffer was paused to Thursday by an appellate judge who raised concerns that had violated the former president's free rights uh, speech rights. So this is just good news. Justice David Friedman of the state's Intermediate Appeals Court issued what is known as a stay, suspending uh, the gag order and allowing Trump to freely comment about the court staff while a, uh, a longer appeals process plays out. Friedman's uh, ruling also applies to Trump's lawyers and others involved in the case. 
Uh, Friedman's questioned Angeron's authority to police Trump's speech outside the courtroom, such as his frequent gripes about the case of social media and its comments in TV cameras and the courthouse hallway. He acknowledged that judges often have gag orders, but said they're mostly used in criminal cases and they don't apply to uh, Trump. Trump's lawyers filed a lawsuit against Engeron later Wednesday, challenging the gag order as an abuse of power. So there's a stay in place right now. Uh, the wheels of justice grind on, and it's good to see that the president is uh, being just uh, <laughs> is being uh, given the opportunity to speak his mind. And in another case, a Washington, D.C. federal court's ordered limiting former President Donald Trump's ability to comment on his trial does more than restrict the rights of the 45th president. It restricts the rights of all Americans to hear the arguably the most influential voice in modern American politics. And now 19 attorneys general from across the United States are weighing in and to make that argument to the court and to the country. A friend of the court brief uh, argues that Judge Tanya Chutkin's uh, gag order on Trump related to his trial in the D.C. Circuit Court went so far in denying Trump's right to free speech that it denied the right of the countless millions of Americans to hear him speak. As administrators of free and fair elections, we have an interest in ensuring no legal prior restraint uh, (coughs) is entered against uh, any major political candidate. Indeed, our citizens have an interest in hearing from the major political candidates in this election. The brief declared, the order threatens the state's interest by infringing on President Trump's free speech right. The state attorney general who signed out on a, as a friend of the court brief uh, are all Republicans, but the issue is far from partisan. In a statement Tuesday, Morrissey said the order conflicts with the foundational American right of free political discourse. He noted that even the American Civil Liberties Union has taken a stand against the order. The ACLU is supposedly dedicated to fighting for constitutionally guaranteed freedoms and even occasionally lives up to that billing. But the reality is it's more been uh, disgracefully leftist than in the orientation for a generation or more. There's no guarantee of how the appeals court will rule, and there's no guarantee that the attorney's general friend of the court brief will sway the decision. But there's no denying that the document helps the Trump case. Democrats and their pet prosecutors would like nothing better than to keep Trump's D.C. trial as an inside-the-beltway circus as much as possible. There they have the jury being drawn from voting rolls in a jurisdiction that remain mainly Democrat. It might as well be coming from an audience of the view. The attorney general's brief, however, makes it clear that Trump's trial is a national issue and the freedoms that are at stake are just one of man's but the country as a whole. And let every American needs to every American needs to know this. So uh, hopefully Trump will be exonerated and have free speech. The gag order will be lifted. Well, uh, UAW workers narrowly approved the new contract with General Motors. After some uncertainty about the deal would pass, 55% of American auto workers uh, members voted to ratify the labor contract with General Motors, granting them historic wage gains and other perks following their six-week strike against the automaker. Uh, Majorities at some factories voted against the deal over disappointment that it didn't win back other benefits like retiree health care pensions and pensions. The UAW will now finish voting on similar deals it made with Ford and Stellantis, and those are likely to pass with uh, bigger margins. 
I don't know if you uh, saw, I'm not sure you're going to have time to do this story. I may want to save it here, but uh, G- GOP Representative Clay Higgins of Louisiana attempted to ask FBI Director Christopher Ray on Wednesday about two vehicles he described as ghost buses that arrived in D.C. in the wee hours of January the 6th. Before being abruptly shut down, Higgins claimed that the buses were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters uh, deployed at our Capitol on January the 6th. Now, uh, he was uh, interviewing Christopher Ray. He said, hey, last year you said you couldn't comment on this. Well, now a year has passed. So what do you say? And uh, Ray basically said, well, you know what, if, you're, if you think that uh, we orchestrated this thing, you're far from correct on that. Well, that's not what Higgins asked. He asked if uh, there were people there bust in uh, to uh, pretend like they're Trump supporters, and indeed they weren't. They were FBI agents and uh, informants who were there to uh, basically stir up the crowd and create the situation. I think Higgins is, Higgins is really on to something, and I hope it leads to some sort of further investigation. And Ray basically lied, and uh, he's so protected by saying, you know, it's under investigation, I can't comment. It's, uh, it's just wrong. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow uh, with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. 
Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lulibee's Diner and the Green Tree Shopping Center is serving dinner Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. And the menu is terrific. It's great value, and it's informal. Stop by Lulibee's Diner and the Green Tree Shopping Center Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kevin Freeman, author of Pirate Money. Right now, we have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. Uh, we're a, a nonprofit law firm, and we defend Americans for free from government overreach and abuse. Pacificlegal.org is the website. So, William, uh, these many weeks on uh, Friday mornings, we've been talking about what's happening on Capitol Hill. Let's let's uh, 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 update the uh, our audience with the appropriations bills and the things that are happening on, in Congress. You bet. So, as we presaged on prior Fridays, the House and the and the Senate, uh, Congress this week passed a stopgap spending measure. So, one of these continuing resolutions. Um, uh, however, and also as we presaged in prior Fridays, it could be a lot worse. Um, normally, in years past, these things were scheduled on December 23rd, right before Christmas, in order to ensure that Congress members were eager to get home and wouldn't have time to read bills that were negotiated behind closed doors by leadership. Um, this stopgap measure uh, extends to January 19th for about half the government and then February 2nd for the other half. Um, this tiered system is novel. That was an innovation from Speaker Johnson. So it uh, could be worse. Um, and now the hard work begins. So as I noted last Friday, um, the House has passed eight appropriations bills. It has four to go. And this is this new commitment to regular order, uh, I said, uh, return, a commitment to return to regular order, I should say. So under the way things are supposed to work in Congress, there are 12 appropriation bills that fund the government. And for the last 30-odd years, um, Congress has abandoned this process and put spending on autopilot, which is a big reason why our, our current national debt sits at $32.4-odd trillion. Uh, so uh, this commitment to spending bills that, that, again, was a big was the major platform by which uh, Representative Johnson became speaker, um, this is new, uh, or at least new within the last 26 years. So uh by all you know they've got two and a half months um and uh, the speaker is is committed in a manner that he has not been in 30 years so this is a welcome development in congress um i'll note one other broad-based uh sort of bird's eye view message and that's that there's a lot of dissension within the gop ranks Mm -hmm. as to how to go about these final four bills and if, if you read most media articles about it this is a symptom of, quote-unquote, dysfunction, um, discord, you know, internecine conflict. And I just think, I think that's incorrect. Um, I think spending it should be divisive and that it should engender deliberation, that we should welcome this, and that 
when they're when, when spending is unanimous, it tends to be on autopilot, and, right. and again, that's what's gotten us in our current mess. So, I urge uh, listeners to perhaps, um, when they see these headlines that say GOP and spending turmoil, to think to yourself, no, that's actually a good thing. I mean, for the first time in 30 years, we've got lawmakers taking a serious look at how we spend our public money. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I welcome these changes, and I, I certainly hope that uh, Speaker Johnson keeps uh, the lawmakers or keeps his caucus uh, their nose to the grindstone and, and that we get all 12 appropriations bills and that we reinstitute regular order. You know, William, I, I totally agree with your point of view. I mean, it, it should these things should be messy uh, when you're having dialogue and debate. There should be a, a lot of discussion around the issues involved in this. And, uh, you know, when Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House, they just she was autocratic. She pushed things through. There was no disagreement. And uh, that's not the way it should be. I, I totally agree with you. Now, the one thing I'm concerned about is there's no win here for the GOP except for buying time. There's no cuts. you know. And, of course, the whole purpose of this is to get back to a budget that allows us to at least pay our interest, if not to streamline the cost for government. To be sure, I agree that uh, the absence of policy, what they're known as policy riders, these, these uh, policy measures that are tucked into spending bills, um, uh, uh, do I would in a in a perfect world would it have been great to have uh, won a number of, of conservative policy writers on this spending package or you know on this continuing resolution? Yes, of course. Um, however, I won't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, um, and it's just the mere commitment to a return to regular order that heartens me. So I'm, I'm I see what you're saying. And personally speaking, I guess the optimist in me is willing to overlook that uh, just because I'm so. So overwhelmingly pleased with the fact that they're actually doing the nuts and bolts work that goes into lawmaking for appropriations. Of course, all this uh, results, once the 12 bills are passed, then they have to be passed in the House of Representatives. And as you pointed out, there's disagreements among many uh, on, on this, but then in the Republican Party, but then it has to go to the Senate to be approved, each of these 12 bills, and then signed by the president. That's a pretty long road to get to the other end. Well, that's constitutional democracy. I mean, yeah. that, that, it's supposed to be a long road, um, and indeed, it, it should be. We're talking about spending trillions of dollars, Good point. You know, hundreds of billions of which we don't have. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm all for uh, all sorts of deliberation, all sorts of discussion, and the process should be difficult. Absolutely, William. Before I let you go, any comments at all on the uh, gag orders and what's been happening recently? The news is, of course, the gag orders have been stayed or dropped. Uh, any thoughts? That would be, I think, the, your introduction to the, the topic um, is all that needs to be said. This, these lower court orders, uh, unprecedented, you know, these entire proceedings <laughs> are unprecedented, but, uh, uh, you know, the here, here for justice. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, to be sure, these are politicized prosecutions, but at the end of the day, uh, these are welcome orders, both in the New York civil case and in um, uh, the January 6th uh, D.C. case. Um, so the fact that these lower judges, that these gag orders uh, have been rolled back, um, uh, makes these proceedings less of a politicized travesty. <laughs> I would agree with that. Again, William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. I hope you check out the website, pacificlegal.org. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kevin Freeman. He is the author of Pirate Money. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239 325 1041. That's 239 325 1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, going to visit with Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Right now, we have with us Kevin Freeman. He's the co-founder of the National Security Investment Consultant Institute, and he considered one of the world's leading experts on the issues of economic wealth warfare. He's also the author of a new book. It's called Pirate Money. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Good morning. Good morning, Kevin. So the name of the book is Pirate Money. Can you give us some insight into why you chose that title? Yeah, well, the book has a lot of history in it. It talks about money and how it was developed in America. Everybody thinks of a dollar as a dirty green piece of paper with a picture of a dead president on it. Uh, but the dead president, when he was alive, and in fact, in the Continental Congress, they called a dollar a Spanish milled dollar. It's not a British term. It's not an American term. It's a Spanish term. It's also known colloquially as a piece of age or, or um, peso. And along with that, the founders talked about gold doubloons. And so when I say Real money, according to the founders, according to the Bible, according to, you know, everyone in history, when the Constitution was written, it was uh, pieces of eight and gold doubloons. And when I say that, people instantly think pirate money. Mm -hmm. uh, they think Captain Jack Sparrow or Long John Silver. 
So interesting. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. So, I mean, uh, right now, uh, I guess we're kind of positioned to the point where you're suggesting that the dollar uh, as a world currency could collapse and there's a major threats not only to the United States, but also to, to individuals and their financial welfare. So uh, maybe you could just start off by telling us what is the threat here and why should we be concerned? Yeah, there's, there's multiple threats, and I, I won't say that the dollar can collapse. I would say the dollar will collapse. I just don't know the timing, whether it's in my lifetime or beyond that. Uh, but I know this. I know that when I wrote the book Pirate Money, uh, I have it on page 57 of the book. I have the U.S. debt clock. I took a snapshot of it, and, and we owed $32.1 trillion in U.S. national debt. I looked yesterday. It was 33 $1.7 trillion. So we increased our national debt $1.6 trillion in the last, what is it, less than five months. Mm. Uh, the reason the dollar ultimately will collapse is we're printing it, printing so much of it, or we're electronically creating it. We're essentially making money out of nothing. And when you have that much debt, $33.7 trillion, just to give you an idea, all of the debt from every credit card in America today added all up was just reported an high, absolute record high $1.08 trillion. That's all of Americans' credit card debt. The federal government owns th owes 33 times that much. And they're creating money at, at the rate of an additional $2 trillion of debt every year. The interest on it alone is going to at some point bankrupt us. So that's one threat is that we're so in debt and we just keep making more of these dollars. And in economics, if you print that much more money and you don't have the economy growing at that pace, yes, the currency at some point will collapse like it did in Zimbabwe or Argentina or Venezuela or Weimar Germany or the Continental Congress here in the United States um, back in the 1770s. Yeah. So, yes, that's a, that's a serious threat. The other threat is China, Russia, uh, Brazil, other nations have said they want to stop using our dollars, part because of the debt, part because uh, there are, some of them are our enemies, like uh, China, yeah. who has said they want to de-Americanize the world. Real threats indeed. Now, you do reference the central bank digital currency, and maybe you could give us an update on where we stand right now. Do we have one here in the United States as an attempt to try to, try to create one? What's going on? Yeah, a central bank digital currency, um, there's nothing wrong with the idea of having a digital currency, but this one was defined as programmable money by the Federal Reserve. When the president wrote Executive Order 14067 uh, back in March of last year, he talked about how our money should be used for equity and to solve climate change problems and things like that. So this is a weaponized, progressive attempt to control money uh, by the federal government, and it is happening as we speak. They've put in place the FedNow program. They're tokenizing currency with Citibank and the Federal Reserve, and a dozen other banks are preparing to tokenize currency so that it literally would give the federal government a line-item veto on your spending. And they're bragging about it. Uh, not only is America progressing, but the G20 nations met in India September uh, 7th, 8th, 9th of this year, and they came out and their spokesperson came out bragging and said, you know how wonderful this will be. Just imagine how we can help people with their health. A person goes to buy a cup of coffee in the afternoon at a coffee shop and tries to spend their CBDC to buy that coffee. And it'll pop up on the screen a message. 
you've already had two cups of caffeine today. You don't need a third. Try decaf. Uh. And I said, well, I, I don't want decaf. Well, your money won't buy caffeinated coffee. Won't that be wonderful for our health? And then people say, oh, that'll never happen. Well, what did they try in New York with Mayor Bloomberg? Yeah. <laughs> he said you can't drink more than 16 ounces of soda or you'll be cut off. Well, my concern is that the like the Chinese China uh, Chinese have a, a control, social control, using the uh, uh, digital currency, and uh, the, you just described one aspect of that. But literally, the ability to travel on an airplane, the literal uh, ability to get on a plane or have a job, it all comes down to your social behavior. Could it lead to that? Oh, absolutely. In fact, they talk about that as well. If you've driven too many miles, uh, you're cut off. You can't buy any more gasoline. If you don't have a vaccine, potentially you can't travel outside your zip code or maybe even buy anything other than the essentials. And again, we saw that draconian controlling behavior during COVID to where they were saying this business can exist, this one can't. If you say the wrong thing on the Internet, PayPal said about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, they said, if you said the wrong thing on the Internet, we'll just take money out of your PayPal account and just fine you for that because we, you've used hate speech. And so even without a trial, uh, I don't know if Russell Brand is innocent or guilty of all these things, but without a trial, he's been condemned and sentenced on social media. Yeah. They'll do that to us. An accusation means you can't buy a weapon. An accusation means you can't travel outside your zip code. So, yes, that is absolutely with the intent of programmable money. It almost sounds like the biblical mark of the beast, that uh, without the mark, you wouldn't be able allowed to buy or sell without central bank digital currency and the approval of the government you might not be able to buy or sell scary stuff uh, kevin indeed and again the, the name of the book is pirate money in fact the website is piratemoneybook.com piratemoneybook.com i hope you'll check it out so kevin uh what happens if in fact the uh american dollar is displaced by the chinese and other efforts uh, to displace it what would be the impact of the united states well, it's going to happen very slowly then all at once, which is how nations go bankrupt or people go bankrupt, according to Ernest Hemingway. He said, uh, how do you go bankrupt? Very slowly then all at once. Uh, what will happen is we'll have inflation and it'll just worsen. And then all at once, you'll find a flood of dollars and nobody will want them. Uh, in fact, the dollars, the, the currency was lying on the streets of Venezuela people wouldn't even bother to pick it up. People wanted to buy a loaf of bread in Weimar, Germany. They carried money in wheelbarrows, stacks and stacks of bills, and, and people wouldn't take the, the money, but they'd take the wheelbarrow, and they'd exchange the wheelbarrow. It, it descends into economic chaos. We've seen it in, in nations. I, and I don't know if that's going to happen in America in my lifetime, yeah. but all great currencies at some point lose their status. And, and the American dollar is headed on that path. Uh, certainly. Well, in fact, uh, it's, it's been throughout history for 5,000 years. We've seen currencies debased because of uh, political gain and uh, attempts to gain uh, political favor. So uh, it's, it's a real threat. So I, I guess the question is, uh, what can we do about it? Well, Florida is doing something, and so is our 18 other states. Uh, there, there's legislation being entered to take advantage of a loophole in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 10 said a state can make nothing other than gold and silver coin tender within that state. If you add modern technology to gold and silver coins where the state holds the gold and silver and lets you electronically sell it, buy it, trade it, exchange it, 
uh, you could have an alternative personal optional monetary system based on gold or silver, and it can be operating in state. And, I, and the book Pirate Money explains all the history, all the constitutionality, all the legality, answers all the objections, all the questions, and says this is something we can do. And when I introduced it to the legislators in various states at a pro-family uh, legislative conference recently, they loved it. And right now I'm getting calls. That, yesterday I got a call from West Virginia. How do we do this? The treasurer's office. We want to do this. I got a call from Arizona the day before. Uh, we're entering legislation in our state Senate. We want to enact this in Arizona. People are rising up. It's a movement, and you can read all about it and understand it when you get pirate money at piratemoneybook.com. All right. Well, that's so interesting. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that we're actually moving forward here in Florida. So, uh, in other words, are they not only on board, on board with regard to uh, the concept of uh, – and it's so interesting. It's in the Constitution, really. It's t I, I was not aware of that. But they, they create their own currency here in Florida? Yes. And, in fact, in the early days, states had their own currency. As long as it was gold and silver coins, the founders didn't want 13 different fiat currencies. They really didn't want the federal government. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said paper is poverty, referencing paper money. Uh, but, yes, they allowed the states as long as it was real money. And real money, again, was defined as gold doubloons and uh, Spanish pieces of eight, which people know of as pirate money. So uh, the back cover of the book says pirate money equals patriot money. And it's a means for us to get back onto an optional gold and silver standard. And Florida is not just uh, advancing, they're leading. I, I met with 40 state legislators at the gov governor's club in Tallahassee, and they were just super enthusiastic. That's about uh, a quarter of your entire legislative body. Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me here in the state of Florida, free state of Florida. So I'm so pleased to get that news, Kevin. So uh, how does it going? How is it going to work? Once we establish this uh, currency, uh, we, we have gold. That's not necessarily something that you could spend. Uh, so how would it work? Well, actually, you can spend gold uh, if you've got an Apple phone or an Android phone. There's an app called Glint Pay. Now, I'm not affiliated with Glint Pay, but I know the founder. You can go on Glint, and you can give them U.S. dollars. They will hold it in the form of gold, and you can go spend it with a MasterCard. It's like slapping a debit card or an ATM card onto a gold deposit, and it allows you to go spend it. So I spent the other day at the Omni Hotel in Dallas. I walked in and bought a muffin and a coffee for $10.50, and they took a fraction of a gram of gold out of my account. They sold it on the open market, and they delivered to the merchant $10.50. It wow. really is an amazing technological advance. Well, that or Load or Kinesis uh, all offer transactional gold, and the same technology works for silver. It's available today. The problem with it is, is that you have to pay a capital gain if you have a gain and increase in the price of your gold relative to the dollar. But if we make it legal tender and functional money, as I just described, and you put those two things together, you, you're exempt from capital gains under the IRS code. Legal tender that is functional money is not taxable under the IRS code. So th this becomes an easy, simple, almost perfect monetary system that's optional. If people want to use it, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. In some ways, it's just another way to pay like PayPal or, or uh, Venmo or Zelle. Well, you know, there's ETFs for gold, for GLD, for example. I mean, can you use ETFs or would it have to be gold coin? 
Well, when you use the ETF, you got a problem, and you'll have to pay the capital gains tax on it because those, if they go up in value and it's not in an IRA or tax-sheltered account, you have to pay a, a capital gain if it goes up. It actually needs to be bullion or gold coin. The Constitution says gold coin, but in 1868, Supreme Court ruling said uh, the only value of a coin is the bullion therein, and so it made under the under the law and under that ruling. Uh, states can hold ounces of gold or ounces of silver, and you can buy stuff, and you pay for it in ounces of gold or ounces of silver, or you can get paid in those. So it, it's a total. It's a hard to grasp, you know, off of off of a short discussion. But right. if you read the book, it makes total sense. All right. Well, it's, it sounds like that's what we need to do. The name of the book is Pirate Money. Pirate Money, uh, again by Kevin Freeman. I encourage you to go to the website. PirateMoneyBook.com. PirateMoneyBook.com. Get a copy of the book. I'm so intrigued. I feel like I'm I'm usually up to date on what's happening here in the state of Florida, but this is really catching me by surprise and in a very positive way, Kevin. I'm so pleased about it. So again, PirateMoneyBook.com is the website. And again, the author, Kevin Freeman. Kevin, I really appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston's Basic Architecture. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. 
And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, and uh, they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in government. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. And full disclosure, I serve on the board, and I'm very proud of it, thefga.org. Well, thousands of Starbucks workers from around 200 different stores staged a strike yesterday on one of the company's largest promotional days of the year, marking the largest collective action yet in the two-year effort to unionize the company. Uh, Red Cup Day, which when the uh, store gives away a reusable red cup, typically registers the year's highest sales. The company boasted the single highest sales day ever in 2022, despite a strike of over 100 stores. Starbucks Workers United, representing over 360 stores of uh, 16,000 U.S. locations, was protesting understaffing and mobile uh, ordering while uh, particularly overwhelmed staff on promotional days. Other union demands include protections against racial harassment, a zero-tolerance policy for sexual harassment, increased minimum wages also. Starbucks said it was working on company-wide improvements, including automating tasks and pay increases of 3%. <clears throat> Separately, employees in New York City filed 32 complaints in addition to 90 uh, since February alleging Starbucks violated city labor laws. So that cost of a cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks could be going up. Uh, we'll watch and see how that happens. <clears throat> well, Representative uh, Rashida Talib is part of a secret social media group in which its members have glamorized Hamas in its war battle with Israel after the terror group attacked the killed hundreds of innocent Israeli citizens last month. The Michigan Democrat is a member of the Palestinian American Congress, Congress group on Facebook. The group is hidden from non-members and doesn't appear to on the platform search engine, though uh, with, we're, we're able to find it through Fox Digital News. The group's founder, uh, who has extensive ties to Talib, has also been linked to other liberal politicians, has come under fire in the past for his anti-Semitic social media posts, including questioning the Holocaust, if it ever happened. So that's just unbelievable. Rashida Talib right now should be in uh, living in a state of shame uh, for her positions. And finally, it's being reviewed and acknowledged uh, by the public. Uh, she is anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. Well, New Hampshire on Wednesday set the date for its first in the nation 2024 presidential primary. Voters will go to the polls Tuesday on January 23rd in the country's process to pick the Democrat and Republican nominee for president. The announcement is a rebuke of the Democrat National Committee and others who have attempted to move other states ahead of the New Hampshire, like uh, South Carolina, uh, in, in a uh, political ploy to try and uh, enhance their ca- candidates. But it uh, didn't work. New Hampshire says we're going to be first in the country. Well, initially dubbed Build Back Better before facing setbacks and later referred to as Bidenomics, the White House's nomenclature of the administration's economic policy might not resonate well this Thanksgiving as Americans prepare to gather with family and friends. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, the cost of Thanksgiving dinners this year is expected to be 25% higher than pre-COVID and uh, pre-Biden levels, even after a 4% decrease from 2022. This marks the second most expensive Thanksgiving meal on record, according to the survey. 
All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences, building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center, which should be completed in 2024. I hope you go to the website and get tickets to some great performances coming up. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, the author of many books, his latest, which is a great read, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design, and he writes his column on Newsmax.com. It's called On Point. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, it's always a pleasure to be on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Professor. Well, you wrote a column which is so timely, considering what happened in San Francisco this week. Will Xi Jinping joined Biden re-election campaign, and I think he asked that question for real for good reasons. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I think it's pretty terrifying for a lot of us that uh, we see Biden representing the United States' interest uh, with China. Uh, and we see at the, at the table, we see John Kerry and his climate stuff, and and blinking, blinking, and looking like a deer caught, you know, in the headlights of a car, right. you know, and and uh, you know, and and you know, I mentioned in the, in the article, you know, a lot of history where Biden has desperately tried to look relevant, and uh, you know, the, remember the spy balloon, you know, the that huge balloon, and 
only after a tremendous amount of public pressure did, after after it flowed across the whole country, Biden had it shot down, and and after that, the uh, you know, G uh, wouldn't take his phone calls, and and Lincoln, you know, they they you know they really gave him a big snub when he went to China to try to uh, recover some amount of uh, credibility on the thing, and they. You know, they, they didn't accord him any real respect and so on and on and on and on. And then when they were on the uh, preparations for this summit meeting, uh, their negotiators in China were wanting Xi to meet with American industry leaders before they met with Biden. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that was another, another snub. And, of course, Biden needed to be, you know, they needed to have the president of the United States on the center stage and finally... China relented on that, and, and they're having the meeting, I guess, now with the, with the industry leaders. But uh, the you know the pathetic attempt to try to look relevant, and and then to you know all the issues that you know that people really care about, which is you know the, the uh, you know Taiwan, you know the currency manipulation, and attempt to replace the, the dollar as a world reserve currency and stuff in this, again, the South China Sea and, uh, and on and on and on. The issues that really matter, you know, the, the, the fentanyl thing that they came up with, and I mentioned this in the article, this article was written before the meetings, but I, I suspected that fentanyl would come up and it did. Mm-hmm. Not mentioned was the fact that we got an open border, you know, and that G doesn't really, you know, good luck with with enforcing that. Um, you know, so it's just a, sh- a charade, and, and and you know, it's it's and and then you know you we bring up the issue of all the compromising stuff on Biden that the China has. You know, Hunter coming back from China and from Beijing. You know, when Biden was EP with a. A billion and a half dollar con, you know, deal with the Bank of China, and you know the paybacks from CEFC, the energy company that's connected to the you know, Communist Party, and on and on and on. Uh, I keep thinking, God, I want to wake up from this nightmare, but but it seems to uh, be, be uh, sticking with us all. Absolutely. Uh, Professor, and the other thing I think about, which I really appreciate you brought up in your column, is, is who would uh, Xi Jinping want, want to be president? Would he want Donald Trump, who uh, created all kinds of tariffs and uh, uh, made life a lot more difficult than, than Biden does right now? So who would he like to have as president? And that, and that raises the question in my mind, so what would he do about it? Would he have some sort of influence in the upcoming election? Well, you know, we're hearing now stuff on TikTok now, and you know how they've you know they've been uh, really uh, fomenting a lot of the Palestine riots and so on. At least they're being credited with that. And I guess it was yesterday they, you know, there was this this matter of uh, Osama bin Laden letter that was posted a couple you know a couple decades ago that getting some air now that you know young generation is. Thinking, you know, Osama bin Laden was some kind of public hero. You know, he replaced 
Che Guevara, I guess, on some on some sweatshirts now. But you know the you know the influence on the media, and particularly, I think, uh, and certainly the the universities. Remember, it was Trump that that had the the China Initiative to to uh, as a precaution against spying in the universities and in uh, big tech companies. And Biden, you know, early in his office, got rid of the China Initiative. And you say, well, why in the world? Why in the world would would anyone do that? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and this uh, professor D, then there's this uh, Chinese professor in, I guess, associate dean or dean of a major college in in China was bragging about how they had people inside the top levels of the U.S. government and and basically joking about how they rigged. And how how they how they set up uh, uh, the Biden crime syndicate there, and and the and the audience laughed. I mean, this was in this was in Beijing, and uh, mm. saying how, um, you know how how it was much tougher, including Wall Street was much tougher under under, you know, it was much more uh, amenable before Trump came along. Yeah, because a lot of these a lot of these American countries, con- Companies we call them American, but they're really globalists now. Are running to China, you know, electric vehicles and all this other stuff. And uh, Trump, you know, my God, we need the guy back because he was the, you know, he was the uh, filter, barrier, whatever between, uh, you know, that corporate globalist mentality and and our, our national interests and. And, and 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 of course, we knew that we knew that Biden was going to push this climate stuff. Yeah. Well, China is building an equivalent of a new coal-fired plant every week, and they, they get a pass from the Paris Accord, you know, whatever for uh, you know for continuing to to emit carbon dioxide as if it really matters. But in any case, uh, they're 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 selling. Solar panels up the wazoo to to Europe and so on, making profit in that, and the government and their government is, is subsidizing all these uh, solar panels and things. You know, at a time when the Chinese economy is in the tank, and 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 uh, it's it's just it's just absolute lunacy. Uh, this is a time where the U.S. can really leverage China because of their economy, you know, that bad economy and the real estate markets just. Absolutely cratered and so on. Yeah. Instead, it's constant appeasement. It is constant appeasement, and of course, the uh, uh, the uh, Jinping came by the United States. They had this uh, visine eyewash meeting with uh, Biden. His real purpose, I think, was to have meetings with these uh, entrepreneurs, with these billionaires, yep. so that uh, he could uh, build business. And because he's he's got a real problem with the Chinese economy. Well, he he does have a, a big problem, and. But the, but the difference the difference is that he's there for life and and uh, you know so so he's uh, and 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 he, yeah he's under a lot of pressure because one hand you know he's he's the guy you know where the buck stops yeah with with the Chinese people on the other hand he's insulated against but really against having to run again and and um, but it is a it is a time you wonder whether the economic problems in China will 
will help uh, delay their ambitions in Taiwan or whether in some convoluted way it will, you know, exacerbate the problem. And, and you know, we live in such, and, and, and we also have the thing where China is, you know, buying about 80% of the Russian exported oil. I think, I think that number is right. And, yeah. and then also from, from, from Iran, you know, they, they're they're buying a hundred million barrels about of oil daily from Iran and Russia, which are really supporting their wars on in Ukraine and Israel right now. So it doesn't. It just is. Uh, it's just really a mess. What a mess indeed. Again, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, space architecture. Check out his book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design by Larry Bell. Also, go to Newsmax.com and check out his column. He publishes it about three times a week. It's called On Point, Professor Larry Bell. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show, Professor. Thanks so much for joining us. And Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, hope you'll tune in on Monday. We've got some great guests as well. Uh, I really appreciate your listening to the show. And if you enjoy the show, I hope you pass the word on to your friends and acquaintances. That's one of the ways we uh, build our listenership. And, of course, we can't do our show without uh, the support of our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>